Good morning, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, May 17, 2015. My name is Leah, and I'm your moderator this morning. The share ID for Friday, May 15th, is 7644. That's 7644. This morning, A Vision for You presents the 12 steps. If you're trying, you're lying. The saying goes, when all else fails, follow directions. AA's 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature, which, if practiced as a way of life, can expel the obsession to compulsively overeat and enable the sufferer to become happily and usefully whole. The premise of the 12 steps is that a spiritual awakening is necessary in order to recover. This is defined as a change in the way we think, the way we feel, and the way we act, requiring intervention by a power greater than ourselves. We submit to a simple process that is not easy. This is done by a series of decisions and actions which produce a personal transformation. Joining us this morning to present the 12 steps, if you're trying, you're lying, is Phil D., a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. Phil's enthusiasm and dedication in carrying this message of recovery is always greatly appreciated. And welcome to the line, Phil. Hello, Leah. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Okay, okay. how long am I speaking for? 45 minutes to an hour. Oh, okay. In that case, let me start my stopwatch now. All right. Uh, all right. Hey, everybody. My name is Phil. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm so glad to be here. Um, let's see. I'll give, I'll give some stats here. I've been OA for six and a half years. I've been abstinent for five, five years, 10 months. Um, yeah, I, uh, at my maximum weight, I was 313 pounds. I'm currently about 171 pounds. Um, let's see. My home group is the There is a Solution uh, Big Book Meeting. It's over at New York City on 46th Street, Friday at 6 p.m. If you're ever around, up, oh, you know, you can come by and visit. Uh, we have a website, too. It's www.oabigbooknyc.org. We also upload speakers, so you can uh, download them and listen to them at your convenience. Um, let's see. <sighs> Twelve steps. If I'm trying, I'm lying. I, I'll tell you, I, it, all, it all goes back to my therapist. I, I, I was talking to my therapist because you know it takes it takes a whole it takes a whole uh, a team to be able to get a person through this whole recovery process. You know, in my personal uh, experience, I have a sponsor in both of my programs, and uh, I have a therapist. I have other people. I have trusted friends. You know, and just people it, like this whole team. And every time I would tell my therapist, uh, uh, I'm trying to do that. And she'd go, if you're trying, you're lying. And I was just like, oh. Because, uh, and I noticed it started extending out to lots of other things. I wasn't just trying with other things. It just other things I was attempting to do or saying I was attempting to do. And I would notice um, when I would talk to sponsees and they would say, um, i say, what are you doing? And they're just like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to trying to get to a meeting. I'm like, oh, really? And I would just say, if you're trying, you're lying. And you know what? Ultimately, if we're trying, we're, we're spiritually, we're, we're dying for real. So let's just 
take a look at the, the words try here for a moment here. To try is to make an attempt, an effort to do something, an effort, putting in this effort to do this thing. Now, to do something is to perform, to carry out, to accomplish, to achieve, you know. So are we trying to do this or are we doing this? You know, uh, they always go back to the whole uh, Empire Strikes Back kind of Star Wars kind of Yoda analogy. There is no try, there is do or do not, you know, so you're either doing it or you're not doing it. And it all boils down to my will, you know, my, my self-will and how am I doing this? Like, you know, when I am attempting to do things, attempting, you know, trying, you know, making this minimal effort to do something like not eat this item or not do this or not, you know, I'm trying to, I'm attempting to carry out these these spiritual things in all my uh, affairs. How's that working? It's not working very well. And I noticed that the reason it's not working very well is because I need to plug into a power greater than myself, which I personally like to call God. Um, let's see. Let's talk about our will here for a moment. Because for me, you know, I like, you know, we always say a life run on self-will. You know, it just doesn't work, you know. Because, you know, we have to constantly keep surrendering all the time. I always have to, you know, they always say, are you willing to go to any length to do this? Are you willing to take certain steps? Are you willing to do these things? Are you willing to take these 12 suggested steps, like suggested, like you might want to save your life? And I'm just like, mm, I don't know. Even when it came in, I was like, you know, and I knew about this program for from my other program because I knew the 12 steps worked because I wasn't drinking or doing drugs or anything like that. But, um I still was having problems with food. I was still eating out of control. I was still doing these things. And so when I had to come in, I had to make a, another commitment. I had to recommit to this program, to doing it rigorously, honestly. Honestly. Let's talk about honestly for a second. Even in the beginning and in, in, in how it works, that, you know, they're talking about, you know, that we're, we're, you got to be honest. You know, you know you, you, we're developing a manner of living which demands compassion. Rigorous honesty, you know, they keep on saying many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest, you know, they keep saying over and over again, we got to be honest, we got to be honest, we want to be honest. Do you think honesty might be important? Yeah, because for me personally, I was living a lie. All right. Now, back to my will. Now, my will is the, the, the the dictionary defines will as the faculty by which a person decides on and initiates action, desire, wish, or intent. So I have an intent to not eat compulsively. I have an intent to not do these things. You notice how I'm trying to, you know, this is like the whole concept of recovery when people talk about um are you abstaining? Are you abstinent? Or are you sober in your behavior? Abstinence behavior, sober behavior. Abstinence implies I am staying away from this. I am not eating this. I am not doing this. Um, but when it comes down to the behavior, am I behaving soberly? That means it's not about the food. Like, you know how everybody always keeps on saying, it's not about the food, it's not about the food, but it is about the food. No, dude, it's not about the food, but, 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 but I can't have this, I can't have that. You start, you keep thinking about what you can or cannot have. You have to start focusing. It's more about these spiritual things. Like, you know, a lot of, you know, it always boils down to the food is but a symptom. All our different acting out behaviors is but a symptom. Why do I keep acting out like this? Why do I keep doing these things? 
You know, why do I behave like that? You know, it, it says in the big book, it, it says, uh, if hundreds of experiences have shown him that one drink or for our case, one compulsive bite means another debacle with its attendant suffering and humiliation, why do I do it? Why do I do it? It boils down to I'm powerless. I'm powerless over this thing. You know, luckily, you know, I, there, there, I don't, I personally do not have an answer for why I keep doing the same behaviors and banging my head against the wall. But the main thing is, luckily, there is a solution. And that solution is in the 12 steps from doing the work. I don't understand how this, doing this work is going to help me. Guess what? You don't have to understand it. All you have to do is do it. And all you have to do is just surrender to this thing. Realize, well, first off, you know, in the, in the step work, you know, you have to admit that you're powerless over this thing. You know, I admit that I'm powerless over this thing. Um, there, there's a situation in, uh, in more about alcoholism when they go, uh, where that members of Al- two members of Alcoholics Anonymous go to visit Fred, who Fred who, who is like, I'm Fred, you know, I'm, I'm this guy, I'm not like you guys, uh, you know, I'm scared straight, I, I, you know. But then, you know, he just suddenly decided that a cocktail was cool and suddenly he decided that, you know, and he just burned it all down to the ground. The main thing is they asked him, you know, did you think you're an alcoholic? And are you really licked this time? And he said, I had to concede both propositions. Yeah, dude. It means you have to throw out several lifelong conceptions out the window here. Because I have to realize, I, me personally, I can't eat safely. I mean, I can't. The way that I go to town... You know, I burn things down. I, I'm a little, people say I have a little uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, a little bit, a little bit in the way I act, in the way, way I do things. But you know what? I understand that part. I accept that part. See, you notice how it always comes down to people say, you know, if, if we have our, we have our self-will, we have this ability to, to will, we have a will, but we have to be able to, you know, what part is the thing that God does? God does for us what we can't do for ourselves, but there's stuff that we can do for ourselves. What can we do for ourselves? You know, what can I do so I'm not trying? What can I do so I'm doing? Well, the number one thing is we have to be aware, aware of the situation, aware when we're lying to ourselves. And if you're not sure that you're lying to yourself about something, you might want to run your ideas past your sponsor. You might want to run your ideas past your your trusted friends and confidants. Believe me, my friends are quick to call me on my BS and tell me when I'm acting wacky and say, hmm, this behavior, oh, thy will be done, huh? And they're just like, oh, ouch. God's will be done, not mine. I have to remember that. And not, I'm not going to get mad and pouty, like how dare they say this to me or how dare they do that. You know what? I'm in a position that I have to take suggestions. When somebody suggests that I might be you know, acting out of self-will or doing some, something that's, you know, not proper, I have to look at that behavior. And that's one of the things. I have to be aware of this thing. And then once I am aware of these things, I have to accept it. I have to have acceptance about this thing. I'm a compulsive overeater. I accept that. I, you know, I act out in many different ways and shapes, not just food, alcohol, drugs, um, sex, you know, shopping, you know, there's all these different things. The whack-a-mole theory, hit one thing, another thing's going to pop up because you know what? It's my self-will. I'm, I'm self-will run riot. I'm selfish, self-centered to the core. But I could tone this down. I could attempt to 
you know, I, you know what? I can't attempt to do anything. What I can do is surrender this behavior to a power greater than myself. So, you know, I have to surrender. Once you start surrendering that, it's kind of like, you know, you think about that, that six and seven kind of thing. I have these character defects. I look at these character defects and I have to ask God, please remove these things. I can't rest my will out of this. I can't say, that's it. I'm not going to do this anymore. I mean, come on. All right. Anybody have identification with this one? Um, all right. You totally binge out. And then the next day you're like, that's it. I'm not going to do this ever again. And then you're doing it again. Why do I keep doing this again? I'm powerless over this. I'm powerless over food. I'm powerless over my behavior. I'm sure as heck powerless over other people. I'm powerless over. So what do I have power over? Well, you know, I have this ability to um, be aware. You know, I have awareness. I have to be able to accept, accept, have this acceptance, to surrender to a power greater than myself. You know, so I accept that the fact that I'm a compulsive overeater. I realize I'm powerless over it, and I'm turning it over to God. How do I turn it over? You know, just be like, God, you take this. I understand I have this. Please remove this on your time. And then what I can do is take action. Take action, because I love it how people are. Sometimes I talk to people, and they're just like, you know, I had these urges, and then I told God, please take these urges away from me. And then in an hour, it didn't go away, so I just ate. Dude, that's not the way to do it. You know, it says here, you know, that, you know, you realize you have this thing, you pray for God to remove it, and then you take action. You know, this is a program of action. This is not a program of thinking. Oh, you're thinking too much. You're thinking, you know, my thinking got me in here. My thinking got me up to 313 pounds without a solution, without a God in my life, without any sort of thing that was just burning my life down to the ground. We made it, I made a deal, I'll say, keep it on the eye. Uh, I made a deal with my sponsor that I was going to go to any length to uh, get this recovery. You know, my sponsor told me, you do what I do, you're going to get what I got. And he has some good recovery. I want what he had. So, you know, if when I make that promise that I'm going to go to any length, you kind of just chill and just do the do because a lot of people, you know, they make that deal. I speak to a lot of people that are like, please sponsor me, please sponsor me. I'm like, dude, okay, I sponsor you. You do all these things. And they're like, yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And then suddenly they stop doing it. Why? Why did they forget? How did they forget? How did they forget that they made this deal to go to any lengths? And I remind them, I'm like, dude, you said you were going to go to any lengths. What's up with this? Oh, I can't get this. I can't get that. I'm going to go to the gym instead of going to the thing, instead of going to a meeting because, you know, I can't do both in the same day, you know, because the meeting's only an hour and I'm going to go to the gym for like five hours. You know, all right, dude, you know, let me know how that's working for you. And then when they go out, it's just like, it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, and they, and then they, they, they call and say, I'm sorry. And I'm like, dude, you know, they, they refer to it as I personally am in the B team. I'll be here when you go, and I'll be here when you get back. But the main point is some people go, and they don't come back. And they don't, they, they don't go and, like, just stay out there. They go and they die. <sighs> I know so many people that have suffered some horrible things. You know, blindness. You know, I've seen people get amputations and go to visit them in the hospital. And they said that they wanted 
you know, what I had. They wanted that recovery. They wanted that, that thing that they see. You know, what, what I have is surrender. People are always like, oh, you have this, this thing. What it is called surrendering. Surrendering to a power greater than myself. And when I find myself kind of spinning out of control, because every day I wake up crazy, completely out of my mind, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Oh, sorry, don't want to trigger anybody. But <laughs> the main point is I realize I have a problem in the morning. I wake up and I pray immediately. Please, God, remove this from me because I can't do it. You know, I'm going to go to any length. I'm going to do the things I have to do. I'm going to have to take, you know, I have power over my actions and I have power over my attitudes. Now, note, I don't go for the first attitude. The first attitude is like, I want to eat over this or I want to act out over this. But, you know, I have the second thought. The second thought is usually kind of like, what would my sponsor say? Or what would my higher power want of me? You know, what 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 would think? You know, I'm the person that I, I eat for oblivion. I, I'm going to I'm I'm going to go all out, and just like I go all out for that, now I'm going to go all out for recovery. And a lot of people don't understand that, you know, because a lot of you know, oh great, this was really really cool. I was. Speaking to, I was at the Big Book Marathon in Long Island. That was really awesome. Got to meet some visionaries out there. Shout out to you guys. And um, I was talking to Roberta, and she said, I was saying, like, why do people, you know, keep, you know, not doing this thing? You know, they, and she says, people, you know, they don't want to hear about the Big Book. They don't want to, you know, they, they said, AA, when it first came out, it was the Big Book. It was for low-bottom drunks. Those people were like, you know, have lost everything, lost everything. They were cirrhosis of the liver, fatty liver, skid row bum, straight up, you know, on the sidewalk, sleeping on the sidewalk with nothing. A lot of the people don't have that. They have everything, you know, in comparison to everything. They might have their home. They might have, you know, two cars in the garage, kids, a life, theoretically a life, but they're miserable. They're binging, they're purging, they're compulsively overeating, they're acting out in many different ways and shapes and forms. People forget. People forget. You know, it's, it's easy to forget. I have a built-in forgetter, so I always forget. That's why we always have to stay up in this place. That's why we always have to get those meetings. Because once we start getting the, in quotes, you know, prizes, you know, cash and prizes, um, People start getting the relationship. People start getting the job they want. People start getting these things. Then they forget the thing that helped them get it. Relationship with God helped me get the things I have. Apartment situations rectify itself. You know, that is through a power greater than myself. Relationships. That is not me. When I treat somebody nice, when I treat, and and not just girlfriend relationship, you know, wife relationship, not just things like that, but I'm talking about in all my affairs, in my job, when I treat my boss with respect. I have a school teacher, when I treat my students with respect. All these things are the things I learned from Overeaters Anonymous. All these things I learned by doing the step work. All these things I learned from having a relationship with a power greater than myself. I got to stay in that. Because it's so easy to say, I don't want to go out and do that thing. I don't want to go out and go to a meeting. I don't want to go out and do these things. It's easy to say that. But you know what? That's one of the things we have to do. Take what's right 
over what's easy. I had a whole lifetime of picking that short-term effect, the short-term sugar buzz, the short-term feeling, as opposed to thinking long-range. The long-range is, for me, the physical recovery that I have received from this program, um, the, the sanity, which, which I get on, like on a daily basis. Sometimes it's touch and go. I'm, sometimes I'm completely out of my mind. And luckily, I'll be at a meeting and I'll hear something. That's why we've got to keep going to meetings so we can hear something that's going to help us. And then most important, reaching out and helping others. You know, they always say that triangle, help others, clean house, trust God. That's what we can do. So many people are out there dying. So many people are out there attempting to try to do this program. I tried OA. It did not work for me. They asked me to do things I was not willing to do. All right. All right. Well, don't blame OA on that one. You know, we, we have no monopoly on recovery. There are many different ways people can get this. You know, some people prefer this. Some people prefer some groups that are basically a diet club. That's, that's cool. You know, some people work these things in conjunction. They do it the way they got to do it. You know, this is the thing that worked for me. And this is what I'm sharing the experience about, is my thing. <sighs> Helping others. That, that's, that's our main goal. Stay, for me, stay sober in my food practices and help another sick and suffering compulsive overeater. And it actually extends out to everybody. Everybody. Because everybody's sick and suffering in some level. You know, I learned to be patient. I learned to be kind. I learned a lot of things from this program. Not just putting down the food. You know, eventually, you know, it, you know, I learned how to eat healthier. I learned how to take care of myself. I learned how to not neglect myself. These things come from many different people and many different things. You could reach out to other people and listen to their experience, strength, and hope. Be open to it. When it doesn't jive with what you do, don't shut your mind out to it. You know, I once uh, met a woman who was a Buddhist, and um, she used to say, hey, why don't you come down and check out, you know, my Buddhist center thing. Come out to the Buddhist thing. And I was just like, oh, I don't know. That's not for me. And I called my sponsor, and I was like, dude, this this woman's trying to indoctrinate me into some sort of Buddhist cult or something like that. And he's just like, hey, all she's doing is sharing something that worked with for her. So, you know, what you should do is go check it out. And, of course, me not, you know, not one to, like, dilly-dally with what my sponsor says. I took his suggestion and I went. And I went and, you know, it wasn't for me. But you know what? I went and I have an experience about it. So, you know, I tried it. It wasn't for me. That's the truth. Now, I, I didn't want to be that guy that's, you know, keeping my mind shut to these things. I don't want to have that, you know, not, not, not checking it out. I, the main point is be open to anything. Be open to this thing. You know, we got to be able to do this. <sighs> Another thing I do is get out of my head as much as possible. You know, and the way I get out of my head is, you know, doing the thing, helping others, <laughs> cleaning house, trusting God. I mean, it sounds sounds so simple, but it's it's true. 
you know, I just do the thing, you know, and, and sometimes I fall short, you know, trying too hard. I would try things too. I've tried, I tried and just fell apart. That's because I forgot something. I always keep forgetting all the time. I forgot God. Where is God in all this? I tried to do this thing and things got messed up. Where is God in all this? Do you pray? No, I forgot to pray. You forgot God, dude? Yeah, I totally forgot God in this thing. You know, so then I got to come back. Come back to it. You know, it's, it's so, you always hear it. It's so easy to let up on the spiritual program of action. You know, rest on my laurels. You know, so those laurels are pretty pretty comfy, you know. I like, like resting on them and relaxing. But you know what? This disease is a subtle foe. We're not cured. I keep thinking I'm cured. Actually, it's so funny. I have a girlfriend who says, all right, you went to your meeting. All right, are you cured now? <laughs> I'm not cured. You know, I have this thing every day. Every day. And I have to be on top of this thing. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm dissatisfied or upset about these things. I have all these deep resentments. And, and that's going to lead to some bad situations. Even justified resentment. Something bad happened and I'm justified. I, I'm justified. I, I have the right to be upset about this thing. N- n- no, actually, I don't. You know, over in page 66, it's basically saying this resentment thing is fatal. You know, a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness. I agree with that. You know, I need I need to be able to have this spiritual experience on a daily basis. I need that relationship. I need that to be up in that sunlight of the spirit. Because if not... I'm going to take that compulsive bite again. If I take that compulsive bite again, I'm going to die. You know, I might not die immediately, but it will be worse than death. You know, you know what they, it's so funny. People like an alcohol and drugs situation. I just had a friend, a person that I recently met. He was really cool. We were talking recovery and everything. And then he just died. Young guy, too. Just died. You know, in the AA, in the NA world, drugs, alcohol, people die fast. But in OA, people die slow, painful. You know, your health keeps getting worse and worse. You know, eyesight's going, um, losing limbs, doing these things. And then, and after it's taken away everything from you, then maybe you'll die. But most of the time, you don't die. You just get sicker and sicker and sicker, and you'll wish for death. So, I got to get back to the situation. I've got to get back to the book. I've got to get back in there, helping others through that book, sticking with my sponsor, doing the thing. You know, my, I have to come back to, to my resentments. Man. My resentments, you know, down later on that page, it says, the wrongdoings of others, fancied or real, had the power to kill. Not kill them, kill me. You know, these resentments must be mastered. We couldn't wish them away any more than alcohol or food or any of those other things. But, you know, it all it comes down to is cultivating compassion. Other people are sick and suffering. That's the stuff that I learned here. And here we learned that anger prayer. You know, it says here, this is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? Now, no, it's one thing to to accept this is a sick man. I accept that this is a sick man. So aware that he's sick, now acceptance. You know, how can I be helpful to him? That's taking action. 
God, help me from being angry. You're turning it over to God. God, help me from being angry. Not me. Not I'm going to stop being angry at him. God, help me. God, save me from being angry. Good. That works. Powerless over alcohol. Powerless over food. Powerless over my thinking. Powerless over my selfishness. I can't wish my selfishness away. I can't. I'm powerless over all these resentments. I've got to ask God to remove them. And don't be worried if you don't have a God of your own right now. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't believe in that God thing. I'm not that... Dude, you know, you go through it with your sponsor, man. Go through it. Get through that we agnostic thing. Actually, you know, by, by your step two, man, you'll have to come up with some concepts. Some concepts of finding, you know, what some concepts of a power greater than yourself. You can get that. You could find something that's not you because doing it on your own, how's that working for you? For me personally, how's it working for me? It sucks. It sucks. There's over here. You know, I don't fight this. We, where am I? I'm on 85 over here. Ah, 85, this page. All this, all this stuff is, this is some gold up in here. You know, our attitude towards liquor or compulsive eating, you know, basically, it's going gonna, it's gonna to stop bothering us. It just comes. We're not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. You know, I could go into places and feel safe. It's going to be all right. Because guess what? My higher power got this. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. That's why I think about the concept of abstinence. Abstinence, oh, I'm abstaining from this thing. I'm abstaining from this thing. Dude, I just don't want that thing. I mean, part of, you know, I don't want to be like that boy whistling in the dark and being all like, oh, I don't want to eat that cake. Dude, sometimes I do, but I'm not going to do it. You know, that first thought will come to me and say, I want that thing. But you know what? I can think about you know, this is the part of the thing that I can do. If, you know, you know, once I pray about this thing, put a pause in between there. Put a pause there. You know, let God get in there. Ask for some direction here. That'll give you that pause that you don't jump on that food. Don't jump on that item. Don't jump, don't take that first compulsive bite. You know, take what's right over, take what's easy. It's so easy to take what's easy. I have this disease, you know. The spiritual malady, you know, the threefold disease, mind, body, spirit, gives me that phenomenon of craving when I get that bite. I get that insanity. So what I have to do is just not have that bite. You know, it's so funny. There was this old old comedy bit where the, the psychiatrist is talking to the guy. He's like, I have this problem. I'm nervous about this thing. And the psychiatrist is just like, stop it. Yeah, if it was that easy, I wish it was that easy. I could just stop it. I can't just stop it. But you could stop it with God's help. You know, that's a power greater than ourselves that could really do it. You know, God could lift that insanity. You know, he's lifted it for me, for real. And it's like, I didn't know that I can do this. You know, the things that I've seen, the miracles that I've seen, the people that I've seen. And it's so funny because, you know, they always say that um, the fellowship will grow around you. All, All your fellows that... You're listening to that you'll be listening to and hearing from today. People that are available to sponsor. If you're not doing that steps, if you're not getting in there, you know, you're just hanging out on the sidelines. You know, I'm listening to these meetings because I believe these meetings will, you know, 
these meetings are going to help you stay absent or help you get that recovery. The meetings are but, you know, just a thing that's going to help you. It's just a tool, just a part of the tool. The real thing is the steps. 12-step program. I'm in a 12-step program. I'm in a 12-step program. Yeah, what step you're on? Um, I'm in a 12-step program? <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> you got to be doing the steps. Work the steps. Do the thing. If you don't do the thing, you know, you're just hanging out here. Just hanging out. Don't just hang out here. Get involved. Get into it. There are so many people here that are willing to help you. And you know why they're willing to help you? Because it helps themselves. It saves them on a daily basis. They can take you through the step work. So, you know, oh, I don't want to do this. I will do this step, this step, and this step, but I am not going to do this step. Dude, I hear you. I was right there. I didn't want to do it either. But you know what? You can do it. You can do it. I can try. Don't try, dude. You can do it. I'm saying you can do it. I'm not saying you can try to do it. Just remember, trying Making an attempt or effort. I can make an attempt to do this. I can make an effort to do this. Or can I perform, carry out, and accomplish this? I can perform, carry out, and accomplish this with God's help. I can do this with God's help. So just give it a try. So bad. You know? Yeah, hold on, wait a second. Let me correct that. Yeah, sometimes it is so bad. When uh, my... uh, therapist or some people, trusted confidants and stuff like that say, you might want to go to the gym. No, actually my sponsor. I'm always telling my sponsor, oh, my gym is so expensive. I should just, I should just, I should just, I should quit the gym, right? And he's just like, no, you should go to the gym. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to do it. I hate it. I hate it. Will I go to the gym? Yes. It was a suggestion from my sponsor. I should do it. It was a suggestion like you might want to save your life. Yeah, just like I'm suggesting now that you do the steps if you're not doing it. You have nothing to lose and the world to gain. Give yourself a chance. You know, see, this is the part where your will comes in. You know, your will comes in when you decide, I'm going to do this. I'm really going to do this. I'm going to do this. You know, the same way I used to chase that food item, this is the way that I'm going to chase this. If you put your mind to it and start chasing this thing, you know, so you could get that relationship with the power greater than yourself. See, what happens is it's all about trust. I got to trust that this is going to work. But I, I, you, you listen to people. You're listening on this. On this, you know, people that might be listening to this in a recording or listening to this live now, you know, you've heard countless people speak about this and speak about how this thing works. Guess what? It works. You know, so if it works with everybody, oh, but it's not going to work with me. It's not going to work with me. I'm terminally unique. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not the one. You know, dude, kill that noise. The main point is, you know, there's many ways that you could try to do this, try, in quotes, to do this. But there's one way to do it, and that's just do it. Stop killing yourself and just do it. When I, you know, did it and started attempting to, you know, work out and do these things and eat right, and I lost that first 100 pounds, you know, I was doing it. I was kicking and screaming. When it came down to doing the step work, I was kicking and screaming. I tell you, when I wrote my first fourth step, I was crying. I cried. I cried because I was so miserable about all the horrible things I did. 
And I didn't want to do my fifth step, but I did. And when I did that, I started getting that freedom. You know, you get to walk through that arch and you get to see that, you know, there's going to be something going on. There's, there's more stuff to do, more work to do. But, you know, you want to, to do it. Your life starts turning around. You start seeing these little mini miracles. People will notice it happening in you before you do. You're starting to get that spiritual, you know, awakening. You're starting to get that spiritual, you know, experience. People start noticing before you do. They start saying, dude, you know, you're kind of acting a little different. Kind of, you're looking, you're looking more svelte. What's going on? I mean, even before I started losing the weight, it was all about my attitude. And that's one of the main things that will help you is to be enthusiastic. Yeah, I know, but lots of my things, I suffer from depression. I have these things. I have a special lamp that I could use to, you know, make me feel happier. Yo, use that lamp. Use that lamp. It's going to make you feel happier. I like comedy movies. Go see some comedy movies. It'll make yourself laugh. You know, there's so many different things you could do to get a better attitude. Be enthusiastic about this program. Be enthusiastic about this recovery. Go to, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were talking about the, the, that vision for you uh, get together. Everybody's going to get together and do that. Go there. Meet your people. A fellowship is growing around you. Just because you can't see them because they're on the phone doesn't mean you, they're not there. You hear them. They're from different states. They're from different countries. Reach out to these people. Talk to them. They are here to share their experience with you. And even if people are sharing experience about bad things that happened to them, guess what? That'll help you. Help you not do the things they did. You know? Or if somebody's telling you stuff that they did that works for them, do that thing. Don't try to do that thing. Do that thing. It's easier than trying to do that thing. You know, there, there was a thing, the hardest working person trying not to do work. You know, I was, that was me. I was always trying to find ways around it, always trying to find the shortcut around it. I was working double the amount. My mom always used to say, you know, the lazy person works twice as hard. I was being lazy. I didn't want to have to do the work. I don't want to have to do this. I don't want to do this. Will I do this? I got to. I want to save my life. I want the rest of my life, or at least what I got, to be worth something. I want to help other people. You know, that was not my intention. I didn't want to help other people. I'm selfish and self-centered to the extreme. But you know what? You start getting those promises. You start to want to help other people. You know, what I wanted before was to eat to oblivion. You know? I, I love it when I, I actually was t- uh, talking to a person and they said I hadn't heard from a sponsor in, in, in a bit. And I said, dude, where are you? He, he said, um, yeah, I was just taking some days off. I'm taking some days off. And I was like, okay, I understand that. But just understand this disease doesn't take any days off. It doesn't take any days off. It's doing, it's, you know what? <laughs> I always say, my disease have, has uh, has uh, exercise bulimia and it's doing push-ups in the parking lot waiting for me to step out and get me. So, you know, we got to be up in this thing too. We got to be doing this recovery thing. We got to live this thing. This isn't, it isn't just a thing I do. It, it's It's my lifestyle. Recovery is my lifestyle. That is what I learned from doing this thing. And it could be part of your lifestyle, too. Jeez, you know, I, I think my whole lifestyle back in the days was just watching TV and eating, reading comic books pretty much. But 
you know, now I have a life where I'm doing things, going places, seeing people, going to, I mean, we had a whole, get back to that Long Island Big Book thing, we, you know, Big Book Marathon. We, everybody from, from our home group, we all got together and everybody went up in cars and drove up there and got to meet people from the other, other, you know, different home groups. And just for us all to be there all together, you know, talking about the big book, you know, it was, it was fantastic to behold. Everybody exchanging ideas, exchanging phone numbers, becoming friends, becoming friends, friends. That's nice. I used to want to be lonely you know, I, and then I'd be, I would eat over it. I'm so sad. I'm so lonely. I'm eating over this. That's making me bigger and fatter and making me stay home more and keeping me more sadder and more lonelier. Get out there. Get into it. Call other people. Get involved. Do these things. Do these things. I'm going to suggest you do those things. You know, not here to bust chops. All I'm here to do is just share the experience that worked for me. You know. So many different things. Okay. There's the, there's a the situation over in the Big Bug on 87 where they're like, when you go throughout the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful. Yo, I'm agitated and doubtful all the time. What do I do? Ask for the right thought or action. Notice I'm letting God in here. Constantly remind ourselves that we are no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times during the day. When I say humble, humble like, how humble? You're talking about humiliation? No, dude, I'm not talking about that. Humble, humble means like I am no better or worse than anybody. You know, I might be talking here. I might be speaking to you guys right now, but I am no better or worse than any of you. If I could just get this one day, I'm just a guy trying to put 24 hours together. At least until I go to sleep and then I'll wake up crazy again and pray again. God, please remove this defective character from me. Please relieve me of the bondage of self. The bondage of self, that's my defective character. I'm all up in self. I need help. You know, I have to remember this thing, this, this disease. Why do I have this disease? Why do I have this disease? Dude, you know, you got it. You got it. Somebody said, why do I have this? And Why not you? <laughs> why not you? The main point is this isn't a punishment. This isn't a death sentence. This isn't any of those things. These are just the cards that we are dealt. Now we got to take a look and see what we can do with these things. With God's help, we could turn this into a winning hand. You know, because when I try to do it on my own, I'm trying to cheat. I'm trying to, you know, look at other people's cards, trying to mess things up. Wreck it. I love wrecking things. I love, you know, a senseless bunch of sprays and then pull it all down, you know. You know, try to make things good and then destroy because it's easy to destroy and think it was going to get destroyed anyway. Might as well destroy it myself. Sabotage. Sabotage. The main point is this. We don't have to sabotage. We don't have to do the bad thing today. That's why, we, you know, you got to pause. Pause. You know, pause for the cause. Literally, this is the cause. You know, constantly remind yourself that you're no longer running the show. And ask, humbly say to yourself, like I was saying before, that God's will be done. Thy will be done, not mine. I always say that 
when I pray, I sometimes add that twice at the end, just to remind myself because I keep forgetting all the time. And then it says there, then we are in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. Believe me, I make a lot of foolish decisions. Luckily for me, I have a sponsor and trusted friends that will call me back down to earth, will call me on the carpet and say, dude, that's a foolish decision. You might want to do something about that. And then, you know, I pray about it and I see, yeah, they're right. I might not want to do that, you know. But, you know, I don't want to get these things. I don't want to hurt myself anymore. I don't want to keep punching myself in the face. When I was a kid, I used to punch myself in the face. That was ridiculous. God, why was I doing that? <laughs> you know, it was that behavior. I, I was awake at late at night, and I used to punch myself in the face because I thought that I would fall asleep. I would knock myself out. I was trying to knock myself out. Why was I doing that? Such strange behavior. But you know what? Many different things make me the way I am, and I just accept it and just know that I don't have to slap myself in the face and I don't have to punch myself in the head because that's ridiculous. I found out later in life I was doing the same thing with food, with other behaviors, sabotaging myself, hurting myself. Luckily for me, there is a solution. We all have a common problem. Luckily, we all have a common solution. And the common solution is the 12 steps of, of Alcoholics Anonymous. So funny, I was going to say Overeaters Anonymous, but yeah, it's all of ours. These steps are for us all. And even people that theoretically, in quotes, don't have any problems, you know what? Their lives would benefit from this too. Got to just apply this to everything. Apply this to all of our, our things that we do. If we can do that on a daily basis, if we could just turn it over to a power greater than ourselves, if we could just get down to the causes and conditions and look at these things and, you know, from doing this stuff, you know, have that power greater than myself, and then just, you know, just do the thing. Oh, wait a second. Where, where's that thing? Where's that thing? One second here. I got my big book over here. <laughs> uh, can't survive without it. My big book's falling apart. You know, they say your big book's falling apart, so you're not falling apart. Yeah. So let me reiterate before I end. The main thing is, Find that power greater than yourself. Well, I'll go in order, you know, like in the steps for the, all the newcomers out there because this is a newcomer's meeting, you know, people that are new, you know, you admit that you're powerless over this, right? Lives become unmanageable. Yeah, dude, I know my life is completely unmanageable. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore sanity, even if that's just the rooms, even if it's some your sponsor right now. You know, just do the work in the order. You, you'll, 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 you'll get that thing. You know, your sponsor's job is to get you into a position where you can get a power greater than yourself. doesn't matter if you don't believe in God. doesn't matter anything. just matters if you read through the book and you do the work as it's laid out in the order that it's laid out in, you can get this thing. Accept it. Surrender. Do this thing. Not try. Do. Then you make that decision to turn your will and your life over to the care of God. Well, by that time, you should be having a God or some concept of a God. All right. And then after that, four, you start, you know, doing that moral inventory. Start looking at the past, you know, do that thing. See where you're angry and look, look at that. Look at your sex inventory. I don't want to look at my sex inventory. I don't care. Even if you didn't really have a big sex life, 
you know what? Trust me, look at that thing. There are some things you're up to. You know, but uh, you know, you'll remember. Ransack memory. You'll find it. You know, you look at your fears. You write down all your fears. I have a lot of fears. I'm writing them all down. Then you're going to go through that with your sponsor. You know, fifth step. Admit to God, ourselves, and another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Get down to it. You know, they're going to be there with that flashlight, illuminating every nook and cranny. You know, looking at those defects of character. So then, next thing you do, you know, get ready for God to have to remove all these things. You know, write them all down. Take a look at them. Then you humbly ask him to remove your shortcomings. Humbly, you know, that seventh step, humbly. Remember, not better than anybody, not worse than anybody. We're human. I did some bad stuff in my time, for real. And the main thing is I learned other human beings are human. They do it too. Only human. Always remember that. All right, after that, we're making that list of persons that we harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. That means I have to become willing. You know, my sponsor always says, there's no nevers. (laughs) Yeah, you might have nevers now, but you know what? You're not up to that step yet. If you're up to that step, then you'll see. And then nine, you start making those direct amends to such people. I mean, the people that I had to make amends for, people that I stole money from, people that I stole food from, you know, my ex-wife who I treated horribly, people that I treated badly, so many different things. And they said that they saw that I had changed. That is awesome. They saw... That it wasn't me saying I'm sorry because it's so easy to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, they knew that I was sorry because I changed my life. I was there to say that I'm sorry that I had these behaviors. I understand that I had these behaviors and I am no longer doing these things. That means no longer doing those things with God's help on a daily basis. Every time I screw up or something like that, I ask God, please help remove that defect of character on your time. You know, going back to that uh, six, you know. After that, continue to take that personal inventory. And when wrong, properly admitting it, you know, getting in there, doing that work every day, taking that inventory, so many different things, so many different versions of inventory. And then, of course, 11, seeking through prayer and meditation, which you should have been doing all along, praying, meditating, you know, talking to God, listening to God or your version of God, you can do that. It's okay. And, you know, keep doing that. Improving our conscious contact. That means I keep doing it over and over and over again. Keep practicing this thing. Praying to be of maximum service to God and to others. Not about, please, God, give me a pony. No, dude. You know, God isn't a genie. God isn't Santa Claus. You've got to take action. You know, you want a pony so bad, dude, you know, think about how that, you could be, you know, just understand the ramifications of that. You have to take care of that pony, darn it. I'm getting off the track. Main point is this, you know, don't pray for things for yourself. You pray for others. So many people are sick and suffering and dying. So many people are dying. And that's why we come to step 12 over here. Having had a spiritual awakening. Because by here, by 12, you're having that spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. Doing the steps, 1 through 11, now you're having a spiritual awakening. Now it's your job to carry this message to other alcoholics, other compulsive overeaters, and practice these principles in all our affairs. So many people are getting out there. So many people are dying. It's important. 
so few people have this thing, this precious, precious recovery that we have. They don't even know that, that some people don't even know that OA exists. Can you believe it? People don't know that this exists. And sometimes I tell people, they're like, oh, that thing is real. Get out of here with that thing. And then sometimes I tell them what I do, and they're just like, oh, I can't do that. You know, the allure of the food or the allure of the behavior is far too strong. But I let them know it is here for you when you want it, when you really want it, when you're willing to do the work to get this, when you're willing to do this. Remember, it's not for people who want it. It's not for people who need it. It's for people who do it. You got to do it. Just do it. Just do it. Can't stress it enough. Well, at that merry note, I will say that's all I have to say for now. And I will be looking forward to hearing from you guys. If you guys have any other questions or anything like that, I'm here. And uh, oh, okay, I'll give you my number. My number is 646-409-4261. Feel free to call me anytime and say what's up. Um, you text me too. Um, you can email me at checkerphil at gmail.com. Yeah, and of course, don't forget uh, that there is a solution meeting on Fridays at 6 o'clock in New York City. If you're over in the area, please come through. Our website is www.08bigbooknyc.org. And thank you guys for the opportunity to do this and to be of service. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Phil, for sharing your personal experiences and insights with us this morning on the 12-step process of recovery. Thank you very, very much. Again, Phil's phone number is 646-409-4261. And now we'll open the floor for any questions you might have. You can press star 1 to unmute and identify. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, Leah, this name? is Mary Lee. Mary Lee. Okay, one moment. Hold on. Anyone else with a question this morning? Hi, it's Liz. Liz, thanks. Anybody else? Matt M. Matt. Okay, let's start with those three first. Uh, That's Mary Lee. Go ahead. Good morning. This is Mary Lee in California. Grateful. Hey, Mary Lee. Could you tell me about your morning and your evening practices? Sure. All right. Um, wake up, go straight to go straight to knees and pray for real. I, I do normal third step prayer. I throw an Our Father in there and just ask for God's help from there. Then uh, prayer. Come over here. Oh, it's so funny. I'm over here near my kitchen. Um, my breakfasts are already prepared. Have my breakfast. Oh no, no. Before I have my breakfast, I brush my teeth. You know, shower all that stuff. And then you know, after that. Uh, I leave, I do a meditation, sit, you know, and and my meditations are mostly pray and just sit and listen. You know, every time I find my my brain going to like, me, 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 what I got to do today, and just chill, just be like, God's will be done, not mine. A a favorite meditation of mine is, um, what is it? It is, you know, you kind of, my original prayer when I first came into the rooms was, please, God. I was like, please, God, help me, please. Please, God, please, God, please, God. And then eventually it turned to please, God. It is our job to please, God. How can I please, God? You know, once I keep it like that, that's the way it goes. 
you know, start start doing that thing. And then by then I'm over to the school and, you know, then I have to be a service, so I do my thing. Um, during the day, get a meeting in there, uh, help others, make calls, do things. I usually get phone calls from my sponsees. I have sponsees that call in the morning and I got sponsees that call at night towards the end of the night. In a perfect world, I would say I would wind down and, uh, you know, do some reading or things like that. And, uh, Definitely pray before bed. Oh, right. Uh, I have to send a 10 step to my sponsor and get my gratitude list in there. I've been a little lax on my gratitude list, but you know what? I have to, you know, that's the thing that I have to hold down, the things that I got to do. I, I, I see what I got to do and get my gratitude list in there. Believe me, I'll be getting my gratitude list in today, and you guys are going to be on it. So I thank you. But yeah, that's pretty much what I do on a daily basis. Got to hold it down. Thank you, thank Mary you. Lee. Thank you so much. Liz, your turn. Liz, are you there? Uh, hi, it's Liz, yes. Uh, thank you, Phil, for a wonderful presentation. I'd like to ask you a, a question about um, meetings, I, a couple of meetings I have in, in my area. Um, mm. There's no big book. <laughs> no there's big no big book. book. There's no big book, and there's no real discussion about the steps from the big book. There's no desire to be involved in the big book. And I'm wondering if you have suggestions on how to get the big book into these meetings. And uh, there's almost an anti-big book feeling. Well, guess what? (laughs) You are the picture Um, of the big book. You know that, right? Yeah. You are the picture. The big book has no picture. You are the picture. If you feel that you are getting some good stuff out of that big book, guess what? When other people are going to share about how miserable they are or, you know, they want to talk about their cat. And, you know, everybody has a right to talk about their cat for real. But, you know, you say, you know, you know, you bring your experience with this. You know, you say, I had a good day. I did this. I did that. You know, you relate things back to the steps. You know, you just throw it in there. And some people will hate you. Some people will hate your guts. But you know what? Ultimately, the truth is the truth is the truth. This is a 12-step program. Don't live in denial. This isn't a therapy spot where people are going to sit and complain about their cat. For real. People can do that, but you bring that solution. You know, you bring the mess to your sponsor. You bring the message to the meeting. That's what you do. Thank you, Liz, for the question. Matt, your turn. Is this Matt from Jersey? Hi, good morning, fellow visionaries. Good morning, Phil. Thank you for your wonderful presentation. Um, it's Matt uh-huh. from New Jersey. Mostly over here. Yeah, Matt, my dude. Hey, I got a question for you. Like, I languished on the fourth step for the longest time because I had fear, fear to go over me and I procrastinated. But thank, thank God I finished it yesterday and it's all set for my fifth step. Do you give your sponsors a time frame how long they should do the fourth step or do you, like, get firm with them? Do you give them a time frame? You know, it's it's... What happens is when a person is in enough pain, they will do it. I have some sponsees that are just like, you know, not doing it. I just every once in a while I'll ask you, like, how's it doing? How's it going? They're going to do it on their time. I cannot force them. It is my job just to take them through the work. If they're not going to do it. I know some people that give them, give them like a time limit you have from here to here and here to here to do it. But for me, if you do it, you do it. I mean, I have some sponsees that are on top of that thing. They want this recovery. So when they want it, they're going to go for it. Or if they're in enough pain, they're going to go for it. And if the people are going to languish, they're going to be miserable. They're going to be in pain. And when I talk to them, 
you know, they're like, oh, I'm miserable. I'm like, well, how's that fourth step going? And they're just like, oh, ouch, you know. So then they're in enough pain. Yeah, I always say, I can't force you. I could suggest from my experience rigorously, honestly, quickly. The big book is always talking about, like, you know, you do this quick. In fact, when um, the big book first came out and they were doing, the, like, the kind of early stuff and those Oxford people, they had you doing it in a weekend. In a weekend, you finished your step work for real. That is old school right up in there. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. Do it as fast as expediently as possible. We'll get you the most relief possible. Thank you, Phil. No problem. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Anyone else with questions this morning for Phil? Star one to unmute. Diane. Diane. Anybody else? Sally. Hi, Sally. One moment. Hi. Anyone else? Hi, this is Sandy B. Hi, Sandy. Okay, Diane, go ahead with your question, please. Hi, thank you so much for your share. I really enjoyed it and, and got a lot out of it. Um, when do you know? When do you know you need to stop sponsoring someone? Um, they continue to uh, lose their abstinence, and um, I I don't want to be a hindrance to them. I only want to be a help to them, and I don't want to let them go if they need me. But I I don't know if I'm helping them by continuing to try to sponsor them, and they're continuing to lose their their abstinence. And right, how do you right. how do you um, sponsor someone that don't uh, believe that there is a higher power? How do you continue to go through the steps with them? Okay, well, there's there's two different two different questions there. Let's let's deal with the first one of uh, the person that you know that you feel that you, if you keep on going through with them, they keep on relapsing, 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 and they're just like, you know, because I have some sponsees like that that are they're doing their thing and they're. And they're they're out there and out there and out there. Um, my my sponsor always tells me we don't fire anybody for real. We don't fire you know what they end up firing themselves. But mm. but you know you don't want to put them in a position that that you're enabling them to to keep on doing their thing. And perhaps they might find somebody that uh that is going to that they might be willing to listen to a little bit more than they're willing to listen to you. So mm-hmm. sometimes I suggest that to people. And I say, mm, you might want to be on the lookout for somebody. I mean, we're, we're trying to do this work here, but if you feel that you're not getting what you need with me, you might need to start looking into somebody that you're willing to listen to. Mm-hmm. Or if somebody, because sometimes you'll get that occasional response that's just like, I'm not going to go to these meetings or I'm not going to do this thing and I'm not going to do that thing. And, you, and you're going to be like, dude, you might want to find a sponsor that's going to work the program the way you need to work that program because this is not – what I have here on tap is the big book. There's only one thing on my menu, and that's the big book and doing the steps. So if you don't like that, then you might get to step in. Just saying. As for a person that does not believe it's God, are they agnostic or are they atheist, whatever their situation, they have to come up with the concept of something bigger than them that's not them. Can they or are they willing to believe in something that is not them, whether it's the power of nature, whether it's the power of space and time, multi-universes, whatever the thing is. Uh, Certainly the universe is gigantic, you know, considering that we're part of this thing that's part of this thing that's part of this thing that's part of this thing. If you want to throw in multi-universal thinking and quantum mechanics in there, you can do that too. 
but sometimes people think they're too smart for this program. It's okay. And they don't want to have a God concept, but they could have some sort of thing that's bigger than them. They could put their trust in something else, something that's not them. That's, even if it's the rooms, they can do that. So that's my experience with that. Thank you, Diane, for the question. Sally, your turn. Thanks, Maya. Good morning, Phil. Thank you so much um, for taking your time, your precious time, and sharing with us this morning. My question is based on your topic, which is if you're trying, you're lying. And um, I've been thinking about that sentence. You've you know, said it a number of times. If you're trying, you're lying. And I was thinking about page 28 in the big book where it says all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship mm-hmm. upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. Uh-huh. And that word try always indicates for me the willingness, honesty, action has to be, you know, it's, a, it's for me, it's about cooperating with my higher power. And I wonder uh-huh. when you look at that sentence, as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try, what do you do with that? Well, you know, yeah, it's that combination. You are completely correct in that. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, touche, you're right, you're right. But the main point is, what, what I'm saying is when I'm talking about trying is when I'm talking about people that when they say that they're trying, but they're not really trying. Now, what they're saying over here, what they're, they're saying about trying is they're saying, like, you know, working together with God. You know, as soon as you are willing and honest enough to try to do the work, to do this, you know, as opposed to when I'm talking about something that's trying is I'm talking about the everyday Joe person that's. When they say that they're trying, they're not really trying. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm a school teacher. I got a lot of kids that say that they're trying to do the work, but they're playing video games all night. That's, that's the one thing. Is that person truly trying to do their work or not? I'm asking you. Are they? Are they? Are you there? Hello? <laughs> um, so the main point is, what I'm saying is that there is people that – Say that they're trying to do something because this one, this is between you and God. That, that, you know, that's, that's the God thing. Yeah, you're doing it. And when I say that you're willing to try to do that, yeah, that's one thing. But what I'm talking about is when I'm talking about people trying to do such, I'm talking about the people that are trying with a wink. You know what I mean? And you know these kind of people. You know, for me, I was that kind of a person. But then I had to humble up and just start doing so I hope that answers your thing. Thank you, Sally. Sandy, your turn. Hi, thank you. This is Sandy B. Um, and thank you for your share. My question is about acceptance. Mm. And that acceptance of being powerless over food, being powerless over my thoughts and actions. How do you, how do you know or when now that I'm I'm asking the questions, I'm kind of hard to put it um, to form it. But how do you know when it's accepting versus acting as if? And uh, yeah, and I say that about acting as if I'm powerless over food, and sometimes that can be done for a while, and then maybe a slip or something like that. And so, do you right have on, enough? 
Really, uh, that's a great one. Um, what I notice is uh, the acting as if versus the actually really doing it is, you, you know, when the person, in fact, in the book, they keep on saying, you're, you, the, they talk about the person that's acting as if and acting as if, and then eventually you stop forgetting that you're acting as if and you are doing the thing. And other people notice it before you. Other people start noticing you're really doing the thing. If you start doing it, you start getting a, a sense of auto, 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 you start doing it automatically. Automaticity, I think, was the word I was trying to say. Um, by doing this thing and you're acting as if, acting as if, acting as if, without your permission, all of a sudden, you stop acting as if and start doing it for real. You know, that's, that's God's time. You know, you, you, and you start noticing, like, holy cow, I've been doing it all along. I've, I've been, I'm, I'm really doing this. You learn it in retrospect. You learn it when other people point it out. You've been walking kind of like on this thing all along. So it's, there's, there's no thing. Everybody has a different spot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's what God does. I mean, for me. Thank you very much, Sandy. Anyone else with questions for Phil this morning? Star one to unmute. Last call for questions. Yeah. Don't be shy. Is there, hold on. Is there anybody? Don't that be shy. Yeah. If you have something on your mind, I'm sure it's on... Uh... If you don't want to ask a question, that's the time to ask a question. I wonder if he can yeah. uh, share that website again. We'll, we'll share that. Hold on. Any questions, please? This is Nancy. Nancy. Elaine B. Elaine B. Anyone else? Lisa. 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 Mm-hmm. Anyone else? If it's on your mind, it's on the mind of a dozen others. I'm sure exactly. of that. So don't be shy. This is Joyce, compulsive overeater in Colorado. Hi, Joyce. Hey, Anyone else? Okay, we've got Nancy, Elaine, Lisa, Joyce. Anyone else? All right, Nancy, your turn. Thank you. Hi, this is Nancy in Virginia. Recovered today. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, mm-hmm. Phil, for your for your time with us. Um, getting back to if you're trying, you're lying. Um, I um, I feel like when I heard your message, what I was hearing was, I know when I'm trying. And when I'm trying, I am actually doing self-will. When I am doing my program and I am recovered, it's, it's, a, it's like an ocean of a difference between... Um, between trying and doing it, okay, I'm not going to eat this, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to behave this way, versus being recovered. And there is no trying whatsoever in that. It just happens. I'm not right. lonely, I'm not anything. Is that is that kind of like what you meant to say when you were saying trying and lying? Yeah, that's definitely completely it. I mean, the main point is it just comes. You're doing this thing, you know. It's like the the, the problem has been removed, and it's been removed because of God, you know, for me. Yes. All right, so thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Nancy. Elaine B., your turn. Thanks for your service, Elaine. Thank you also for this uh, for this great share today. Um, this is Elaine B. And I could identify in with some of the thinking that you were talking about and have really been trying to work on the character defect of kind of beating the crap out of myself in my head. 
and um, wonder if you have any insights. I, I really love that the even playing field, nobody's any better or worse than anybody else. So that's a thought that I've had. And I wonder if there are any other thoughts or suggestions that you might have to address that type of character defect. Thank you so much. Oh, what, the thinking that uh, the beating up on yourself and stuff like that. Come on, we're, we're all we're all in this together. That's the one main thing you always have to keep in mind that we're all in this. And and you know what? You learn a lot about it from from reaching out to other people and speaking to other people. When I start talking to other people, people relate so much of their experience that they are going through the same exact things or have gone through the same thing. And here's how they got past it. You know. So that's how you really learn for that. You learn it from your sponsor. You learn it from trusted friends. You learn it from people in meetings. You learn it from people that are sharing. And sometimes you learn from people going through the bad thing and sometimes from people doing the good thing. So you just have to keep your ears open and keep listening for it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Elaine. Lisa, you're up. Hello? Lisa? I believe it was Lisa. Okay. <laughs> well, call back, Lisa. All right. We'll await Lisa, but we'll take Hello? two. Yeah. Is this Lisa? Hi, Lisa. I'm sorry. I was chatting away. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize I had um, mm-hmm. not, was not unmuted. Um, I, um, again, thank you very much um, for your service this morning and to all those who who call in and, and, and make this a community. Um, I, I was very, very struck by the title of this talk today. Um, and it brought up two words for me um, to do with trying. Um, and I think one reason for me why I, I've been in program about nine years and why I've had a lot of relapse in that time is mm-hmm. to me trying was very tied into perfectionism. Um, oh. I am going to be the perfect OA Sponsee, you know, I'm going to do this perfectly, and I just wondered if you could talk about what perfectionism may mean for you in connection with this topic. Thank you. Well, for one thing, I know that you know there is no truly there is no perfection, there is no perfectness. I mean, even us as human beings. I mean, I'm an art teacher, so I get to look at a lot of people's faces when drawing and things like that. And you know, one eye is higher than the other; our eyes are further apart from each other. There's all these different things, even in a, See, that's the best thing about it. We are perfect in our imperfection. We are perfectly imperfect. And and once we have that acceptance that there's no perfect about this, there, you know what they always say? Uh, the only way to, to uh, the only way to do this wrong is to not do it. You know, so the main point is it's broad and it's roomy. We can do it all. All we have to do is just keep doing it. There will be, if, if we're doing something incredibly, incredible wrong, somebody will point it out that you might want to adjust that thing or you might want to fix that thing. We'll take suggestions and we adjust because, you know what, there is no complete manual for this. The only thing that we have is this book that was written in 1939, you know, that it was out in 1939. I mean, the main point is this is the thing that we got. There, it's, it's, I consider this a textbook to me, but, you know, and, they, they, when they put it out, they didn't even know what they were putting out, you know. So the main thing is there is no perfection. And if you're going to beat yourself up, beat yourself up with a feather. You ever tried that? It's difficult. You can't really do it. So be cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Lisa. Joyce. Hi, this is Joyce, compulsive overeater in Colorado. Hi, Phil. 
Hey, Thank Joyce. you so much for your talk. It was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I was in and out of OA for a really, really long time, since 1986. And uh, my third sponsor I met on the New York subway told me to get into AA because I was drinking and drugging. So I've been mm-hmm. sober since 89 and never really doing 10 steps in um, my AA sobriety, really, ever. And, and now I realize why I was busy with my brains out every night on food mm-hmm. and sugar. So my 10-step practice right now since starting Vision for You in June, last June, is very new. Um, yesterday I did three of them, which was a miracle. Um, I really see how important I, it is to stay in that practice. I just wanted to know how you, on a daily basis, do a step 10, how you, like, know, like, a signal to you that you need to do it. <laughs> um, yeah. Sure. Hold on. Let me, let me pull this thing up. It's so funny. Um it, I'm on my phone right now, so I can't see my normal 10th step because I have a normal 10th step thing. So, here, let me see. Um, my 10th step looks a little something like this. Oh, you know, let me run over here. Sorry. Running across the room right now. Pull this up on the computer. Sorry for the delay here. A little, little music. Ah, here we go. Da, 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 da. Here we go. And my 10th step. There we go. And here it is. All right. And here it is. Ah, yes. All right. My 10th step looks a little something like this. Um, I'm resentful towards. And then you put the thing you're resentful towards. It affects my, does it affect my self-esteem? Does it affect my pocketbook? Does it affect my ambition? Does it affect my personal relationship, my sexual relationships, my security, or my pride? Then you say, where am I being selfish? And then I write down where I'm being selfish. Um, where am I being self-seeking? You know, where, what am I trying to be? Am I trying to be the, the hero? Am I trying to be the big shot? Um, where am I being dishonest? Because there's usually something that I'm overlooking you know, something I'm being dishonest, keeping from it. Um, where am I being afraid? Where are my fears in this? Where was I to blame? Where did I get the ball rolling? What did I start? How did I start this? I want to be certain something. I'm starting something. How did I start this? Um, do I owe an apology? And have I kept something to myself that should be discussed with my sponsor at once? And then after that, I have, was I kind and loving towards all? And that's another way to kind of check you know, no, there was that person I yelled at or this thing, I, you know, I treated somebody bad or, you know, something that, what could I have done better? You know, get more sleep. You know, it might be something towards yourself. It might be something towards others. And then another good one is, was I thinking of myself most of the time or was I thinking about what I can do for others or what I can pack into the stream of life? All this stuff comes from the big book. And, you know, I thought about others and I also thought about myself a lot. So, you know, you got to be honest, think about these things and put it in. And when I find myself doing these on a daily basis, you know, and then after that, I write uh, 15, uh, I try to write 15 gratitudes. And that's a lot of gratitude. Here. So the first one is I'm grateful to, to God for whatever. I'm grateful to my sponsor for whatever. I'm grateful to my sobriety. And after that, then a whole bunch of others. And then at the end, I put black ink and I Write down the things of the day. I prayed. I called others. I ate right. I meditated. I went to a meeting. I did service. I exercised. You know, you write down some of the stuff of the day that you did. You know, all that stuff is in the big book. 
Thank you very much, Joyce, for that question. And thank you to everybody who asked questions this morning and attended this Sunday special. And, of course, thank you, Phil, for your time, your effort, and for carrying the message of what's possible through this program of recovery. We thank you very much. Again, Phil's phone number is 646-409-4261. He resides on the East Coast. You can also email Phil at CheckerPhil, that's C-H-E-C-K-E-R, Phil, P-H-I-L, at... One word. I'm sorry? It's one word (laughs) together. Right, right. CheckerPhil, one word, exactly, at gmail.com. And I'm going to close the meeting in the way we always close the meetings on A Vision for You, and that's from page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.